listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. So I just get it how I live, waiting on my moment, screaming, fuck how they feel. Dodging jail cells and the pigs down to kill. Shot Oscar Grant, swear it gave a nigga chills. Let's keep it real if you ain't looking in your eyes closed. Well, I pay what I owe, only God knows. Ain't for show, give me strength just to change what I can and understand the difference between a nigga and the cane that I am. Gotta keep your finger on the trigger. Pop died, Biggie died, they ain't found the killers. Mama say she worried cause I rap about the government and how the church caked over people out here struggling. I just call it how it is, folk. I'm breathing for a reason, what you here for? They got us with the villains who we cheer for cause they murdered all the heroes. Hey, welcome to the Black Guy Tips podcast, your host Rod and Karen. And we are in the house on a Tuesday yes we are a tuesday night ready to do some podcasts and lots of stuff to get to uh of course you can find us on itunes stitcher podomatic just search the blackout test leave us five star reviews appreciate everybody takes time out to do that the official weapon of the show is the taser and the unofficial sport is bullet ball and bullet ball extreme that's right that's who it is um you can find us uh all the places you listen to podcasts leave us five star reviews we read them on the air as long as they're nice you know sometimes people leave a review that's not so nice and we typically don't read those on the air but we get them so if you hear that and you're thinking i i don't have you know i can't get on y'all amazon wish list i don't got no money i don't got no no i can't run no coins on this i get it hey i get it too but what you can do in a lot of cases is uh hook us up with with a five-star review you know it takes just takes a couple minutes to do and um it helps us out a lot do it on itunes you can do it on stitcher stitcher's back up now i guess uh but you can do it in those two places and both of them like i said come through and help us out so uh please do that all right um let's get into the show um uh don't know where to start today um oh, i'll tell you what um first thing i saw this morning ta-nehisi coast deleted his twitter account the whole account deleted his twitter account um you think he'll be back i do i don't know man uh i was thinking about this as someone who reads a lot of his work uh he seems to thrive on context most of all and he's very meticulous in setting up context for what he's for the argument he's gonna make right because he took the time he's thought about it and twitter ain't the place for that honestly twitter's like the opposite of context yes it is it's a platform that lends itself to taking things out of context (laughs) for real even when there's a thread even when i twitter is basically like how people feel about headlines of articles that they don't read right it's kind of like that all the time and it must be a really bad existence via social media for a person of his stature but more importantly for the work that he does right because he talks about something that people don't like hearing race and in america because you know people are so badly educated on um you know history correct a lot of times they go at him and they and they just don't know what they're talking about he probably gets that all day like yes he does the same questions the same distractions what about me explain it to me i'm special you know keep in mind this is a guy who never set out to think that this could be a path for his life um as he was not you know he's a high school he's a, a school dropout and a college dropout um he didn't go to some ivy league school like the things that typically 
help people ascend you know as much as people like to promote academia as this meritocracy and you know especially for black thinkers i mean you look on their resumes it's a lot of harvard it's a lot of you know yale it's a lot of like you still had stanford like you still had to go somewhere and get that cosign from white folks in order to even get that level uh to reach that echelon right um they typically don't just have regular niggas talking about race shit uh, to white people you know so i don't know that he ever planned on that and i think publicly being involved in a guy like cornell west castigating him for at three times now i can see how he'd be like this is not what i want to be about mm-hmm. it's not what it's not adding value to my experience and here. i'm not making no money yeah and they expect you to be um extremely gracious and reasonable no matter what the critique is right and uh i've always found like some of the critiques of his work to be unreasonable to be honest yeah and a lot a lot of people i like that about shit that ain't they shit they just unreasonable and they act like the standard is just so fucking high but when it's them you know all of a sudden you want nuance to it and i want people to understand me and but when it's somebody else people and i've been guilty of it too and i'm trying to improve in that area because it's almost human nature uh to be this way but i'm learning how to be more understanding outside of myself you know i I try my best to always be in that um frame of mind but sometimes it's hard uh to put yourself in other people's shoes all the time and so like you say for somebody that's as thoughtful as he is as meticulous as he is somebody that really wants to have a conversation somebody that's thinks about his words this platform doesn't promote it's almost the opposite of all of that and so i could see him a person like him i asked was he going to come back i could see him never coming back because it's not worth his time nor his effort you're not getting paid you're putting your words out for free when other people are willing to pay for them well and not just for free you're putting them out for free and they're being taken misused right like they're being used against you like as a sounding board twitter is not necessarily that valuable a tool a lot of people think it is but because of tone you're actually better getting those critiques in other avenues yes um people think oh well critique make you it doesn't always make you better mm-hmm. and in many cases if it's harsh or unfair or crude uh, or just downright nasty and mean it it most of the time it doesn't help a person a human being on the other side of the screen out and no i can see how especially in light of this latest like because if if nothing else cornell west's argument was completely out of context it like it stripped context from things that he and and he had to work so hard to go and find the links and be like nope i said the opposite of this i've talked about these drone strikes many times but it doesn't matter because if someone doesn't like you or if they're just lazy they're gonna believe the lie and they're gonna push and promote the lie it's not a it's not a platform where you could actually shut that down you know because he writes long form a lot of people don't read long form no they don't they form opinions about you via third party or whatever and they're sticking with that for the rest of their life they're never going to stop and go let me go examine what he actually believes let me see how he's evolved in eight years and see what he thinks they're just like fuck him i heard someone so say that this thing is true about him and if you say well can you give me some receipts can you give me some facts can you show me a quote where he said this thing nothing you know but they don't need that because twitter doesn't really reward people who do that no you know? it, no it does not and <clears throat> it, it and i could see his uh somebody like him his frustration 
in the midst of you know a lot of that and stepping back and going well i could be doing something more valuable with my time yeah he tweeted peace y'all i'm out i didn't get in it for this and deleted his account um the cornell west thing was uh especially weird because even though twitter just recently made a big press release about how they were going to purge their uh platform of all the alt-right accounts and neo-nazis and you know white nationalists um richard spencer apparently still has a twitter account and he co-signed um cornell west uh diss towards coats um and me personally i feel like that should give everyone some pause i i don't i know people will when people don't like someone or when they've already had an agenda against somebody to them it's that it's just like well i guess the nazis was right today and i'm like nah mm-hmm. nah mm-hmm. they're always wrong and i you- think you should re-examine your critique if fucking richard spencer sees it and goes yep that that's 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 i agree with that right you need to start questioning it and when he retweeted on his platform i can guarantee you his timeline got lit up with racist niggers and all kinds of bullshit because that that's like a calling card but you know what is no it's not strange bedfellows for cornell west um and a lot of the black kind of that type of left that really associated with bernie they're really used to being around white people that racially attack black people that disagree you know um and there's no there's never a call to uh to to end that never it's like you you're supposed to be the black voice over there and there's never a hey bernie what what are you doing you're not doing good on race you need to we need to call i need to call you to the carpet the same way i would if you were obama or hillary clinton or bill clinton or someone else and tell you this is fucked up you need to do better but they're never that call never comes you know um no and you act like people don't see that people see that and when people see that happen over and over and over again they go oh okay that's your thing that you know that's what you do so from now on for a lot of people that's like oh you don't give a fuck about me fuck you and it's gonna be like that forever for some people but that's how you to me that's how i always arrive to the conclusion it's like an agenda you know i'm like oh it's just an agenda you you don't care as any support that you get for your argument is good to you any support you so can't be like to me that. that that you know and i think coats checked out which like i said it's it's low-key kind of a thankless endeavor anyway to be there i don't have nearly as many followers as him and i and sometimes i look at my mentions and i'm like what is wrong with people and, and and i don't think most of the people that follow me on twitter know what i do for a living so i don't even know that they know what we're talking about i don't think they all listen to the podcast so like if they did it would be even worse because there's so many people that are so fragile when it comes to talking about race and history and all this shit and and not pulling punches and just being honest there's so many people that don't like that that i know i would catch hell you know one of the things um now i don't consume coats via social media anyway like twitter his twitter i don't even think i follow him and his twitter is not really like where i look for my entertainment and shit like it's just Mm-mm. i'll see him retweeting the timeline and shit that's cool you know he writes black panther that's cool like but in general i never like stop and go like oh ta-nehisi coats let me see what he's thinking you know because i consume him the way that i think he would like to be which is via his long form pieces of writing which give context and more background and right you know i sometimes i learn things um but ultimately uh he is a really important voice to me specifically because he resonates with something that i feel 
a lot but don't really express often like uh he talks about um like i know he's an atheist but he's also kind of a fatalist he's also kind of uh a cynic you know he's a person that's looked at the history of this country and went yeah i don't think our story is going to have a happy ending um our story we were basically born to tragedy and uh very rarely does that voice get respect in our within our community and without normally the as a black person uh not of faith and not of i don't think someone's coming to save us i don't even think we can save ourselves i don't think like if like it would not be a failure of blackness if we can't save ourselves from this impossible situation you know the turmoil we had anti-blackness within our community and without you know the hurdles the 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 changing face of white supremacy that that kind of goes beyond um that kind of goes beyond even what most people would consider class and war and military i think it goes beyond that like i think it's it's sadly something so basic and simple but everything else has become constructed around it and we'll never really figure out which one caused it but you know like uh i mean james Baldwin said like white people need the nigger they need it and they're addicted to it and and they can't unless they fix themselves there's literally nothing we can do because it'll keep changing you know it like it was slavery then it was uh share crop sharecroppers you know then it's uh now it's immigration even then it's uh you know uh jim crow then it's um uh redlining then it's segregation then it's um you know after the civil rights era the drug epidemic that that literally for was forced into our neighborhoods um then it's mass incarceration think about all the re the iterations of white supremacy trying to capture us and plunder us over and over again that's hundreds of years i just named there's no one generation that lived to see freedom and i don't know that there ever will be and i think it was important and is important that his voice is out there because the most of the critiques of him as i said yesterday even by the you know the people that i respect there's women of color that have critiqued him forget Conor west most of the critiques fall down to one thing he's not optimistic enough he doesn't think we can beat this thing and therefore he's flawed and i'm like i don't see how he's flawed what like why am i wrong for thinking this is an impossible task i don't like um i i mean i applaud people that are radical of faith and stuff because they um they can see things i can't see like i mean harry tubman to me i'm like she had concussion post-concussion syndrome and obviously it was it was making her have these visions and stuff but but she still got all these people the freedom that i would have never conceived of if i was born at that time i would have been like that's impossible you can't just walk to the north and be free no that's not they're gonna catch us and we're gonna die so i'm gonna stay here you know like that would have been like my mentality or i'm gonna go but i don't know how we're gonna do this shit and then we go and then you know i'm like oh shit we did it you know i'd be very happy to be proven wrong i'm never gonna work against a person i'm never gonna tell them not to do something this isn't an argument against hopefulness and optimism or faith it's not but it's my but it's the way i believe and so his voice being unique in that in a way 
um for me at any rate at, at the, in this age um to see how he's castigated kind of sometimes by you know sometimes because of jealousy and and stuff too i know there's a lot of that but you can never really tell who's jealous or not there's a right. lot of unfairness to the fact that especially women of color and and films have been marginalized where there's never they never get to be the voice on these things ever you know like unless you know like not not that there haven't been any scholars but white people don't really see them and accept them the way that they in reverence the way that they would like a ta-nehisi coates who ironically never asked for that reverence no and also i'm a and maybe put like this in my opinion when it comes to black and talking about blackness black women's anger is viewed very differently than a black man's anger in white people eyes right black women's anger is scary to a lot of people because their anger is coming from blackness and Mm -hmm. their anger is coming from being a woman and their anger is coming from if you know your history raising white children their anger is coming from the oppression of white women white men black men their anger is coming from a lot of different places and the thing about a black woman's anger her anger also comes with a lot of love for her people and when you have somebody that has a true love for something and is dedicated to something even to her own fault that's very dangerous for people uh because a black woman um will be willing some a lot of times to go the extent that a black man just won't be willing to go on certain areas because she a lot of times has hope and faith and things like that not that black men don't have these things but she has it not only does she have she has it and a lot of times she a lot of times can encourage men around her and give them hope and give them faith by them looking upon her and black women a lot of times in most families are the heart of most families they're the soul of most families they're the one thing that a lot of times keep a lot of black families together because if you go through the history a lot of people in their 30s and 40s and older remember quote-unquote big mama everybody had a big mama or a version of a big mama you might not have called her big mama but that might have been the thing remember a lot of people talk about when they was children how we used to go down grandma house and great grandma house and how we used to sit around for hours and get together for thanksgiving get together for christmas and how when she died all of a sudden everybody separated all of a sudden everybody started doing individual things all of a sudden the heart of the family died so a lot of times people start dispersing and a lot of times nobody wants to take that spot because it's very very hard to be that type of a of a person who can have hurt and pain and 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 disappointment in their heart but also turn around and show you love and show you kindness and also care and encourage you all at the same time and that's very fearful uh to a lot of people because black women's anger comes very when when black women um get angry we're told to shut up more than any other group and I think uh, they don't want a microphone in our faces because you put a microphone in our face, we're going to be talking about all types of shit that don't nobody want to hear about, including the black man. And I think, in my opinion, that's very fearful for a lot of groups of people. And a lot of times, most of these changes and revolutions, a lot of times are off the backbone and the sweat of black women 
and brown women and all of a sudden we strategic we know ain't nobody gonna listen to us so a lot of times we will push men to the forefront sometimes even if they don't want to be because we know that's the only way the message is going to be heard when actuality you need to be seeing us but we know if the message comes out of our mouth it won't be received we'll be called all types of things and we understand that so you know a lot of times that's why black men are the face of some shit a lot of times they don't need to be the face of a black woman needs to be the face of it right well see that's what's interesting because part of this isn't about like i think you're kind of equating two different things tanazi coat not a revolutionary he's not an angry black man he's he's just thoughtful he's just honest he's brutally honest but those are two different things and that's what cornell west tried to do that's what some of the critiques of, of tanasi coast are it's just like you got to lead the people if you're gonna be the person that they listen to and that's just not fair no it's not it's not right and it's not it's no one should have to do that there's no such thing as a black leader the black person that speaks for all black people um and one of the things i like about his style is that he talks for himself it's not let me tell you how black people feel let me tell you it's how this is how i feel this is a thing i did this is a thing i experienced if you can relate to it dope if you can't write your book you know what i mean um and so for me i relate a lot to some of the things he says uh, at least his overall probably overarching view of america and and, and just his general life like i can kind of relate to that you know i was te- i was like I was telling someone today where they were like, uh, I was like, cause it's kind of lonely being the way I am. Cause, uh, you don't have a lot of, uh, support. You don't have a lot of, uh, people that, that, that want to hear that shit. And I don't want to tell people to be honest. Like, I don't, like, you know, like there's no reward for me being like, yeah, it's pretty hopeless out here. And I don't know what we're going to do. Just try to survive if you can try to make a way for your peoples. If you can try to look out for each other, if you can, that kind of like, nobody want to hear that it's not like that's not nearly as sellable as we gonna overcome and it's gonna work out we're gonna be better and if the government would just do this it would fix everything like he made his big suggestion and it was pretty much laughed off which was reparations like he made the case for reparations i've read every fucking word of that thing twice because i'm like yes this is the like that was when i was like okay i'm not crazy like we've all been like we've been robbed and then you know these people will refuse to do right by us and they'll never do right nothing they've done so far has even broached on evening the field everything has been kind of a um a compromise that they that that we all knew would fail and they've always lost the the temperament even for the brief compromises that they've given us right so um one of the things i like about him too is he knows he doesn't know everything and so he'll point people to other directions so when someone says well what about this 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 part of your you know you 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 aren't really giving the um the experience of trans people you're not speaking on that enough he's like well this is a person i listen to who's trans who wrote this book check this book out i read the book i don't feel comfortable enough to be talking about this shit without fucking up and so i would like if i know what i'm talking about i feel comfortable stepping in researching and talking my shit but if i if i'm just you know third hand experience kind of explaining something let me step back because i'm not such an egomaniac which i think you kind of have to be 
i'm not such an egomaniac to think i can speak for your someone else's experience i can only tell you what i noticed from it but i can't write a whole fucking book about you know someone else's life you know um so i always kind of that appealed to me about him you know um and so so anyway all that to say like uh i won't miss him on twitter because i don't think but that says more about the platform of twitter it, like i said i think about deleting my account all the time because what's the fucking point you know you say something someone takes it out of context someone starts an argument people call each other names people mirror the shit they see on tv you got black people calling each other fucking neoliberal which isn't even a fucking thing black people are like it's just not like is it like but you but they're just imitating like these other people who say this shit you got people excusing white supremacists agreeing with black people on shit when the hotels and the white supremacists agree i laugh i look at that shit and laugh and go something's wrong with these niggas right when when what so when leftists and hotel and, and leftists and hotel twitter and fucking white supremacy twitter all get together i still go that's fucked up y'all are not right you know um uh, and i kind of while we're at it i kind of wanted to talk about some of the critiques that he's gotten right uh these were three y'all saw today on twitter and i, I posted them uh after uh reading it uh michelle alexander who um wrote the book about mass incarceration just like last year i think maybe two years ago now uh but she was talking she was asked about codes um she says uh and yet i cannot pretend to be entirely satisfied like ball when i tend to think we must not ask whether it's possible for a human being or society to become just or moral we must believe it is possible believing in this possibility no matter how slim and dedicating oneself to playing a meaningful role in the struggle to make it a reality focuses one's energy and attention in an unusual way when meaningful change fails to come they say we try but of course nothing happened but those who are in it to win it and who believe in their own power and understand their responsibility to use it wisely cannot so easily lie to themselves about the utility of random or half-hearted gestures of resistance rebellion organizing or consciousness raising great greater precision of thought and action is required perhaps coats hasn't yet discovered for himself the answers to the questions he poses in between the world and me this is uh, the book the first book i read is but i suspect that he is holding out on us everything he has ever written leads me to believe he has more to say you may imagine that we are better off figuring out for ourselves the true nature of the dream and what it means to be engaged in a meaningful struggle but i believe he, we could only benefit from hearing what answers coast may have fashioned for himself whether you agree or disagree one of the great joys of reading tanazi coast is being challenged in ways you didn't expect or imagine here's my problem with that maybe he don't have an answer he don't have an answer like there's no magical solution there's no person in the sky who's coming there's no country coming to save us there's no white people that are gonna just wake up and get it tomorrow and then we'll figure it out from there like you know you know since he's written that book we've elected trump you know what hope should you okay over there Something's stuck in my throat. <clears throat> Need the balls? Try to work through it. Drink some water. <clears throat> Need some hot tea. But uh, no, nah, I'm, I'm gonna try to work through it. But anyway, what what reason does he have to be hopeful? Like, what's the optimism that's supposed to kick in there? <laughs> Someone said it might be hope stuck in your throat. Ah, uh, hope. Ah, <laughs> right, get back in there. Good. <laughs> Heather McGee we agree with coach's critique but we part company on his solution the indictment that bernie doesn't get it now see a lot of this shit is also centered around 
bernie sanders there were black people who aligned with bernie sanders now what i find is interesting in the primary ultimately ta-nehisi coast voted for bernie sanders but and this is just it's it is sad to me that and i've been saying this for a couple years that hillary clinton and bernie sanders came to dividing factor for a lot of people in blackness because they're two white people who are milk toast on race at best two like they both don't get it they're both not of us they and no white person is just gonna get it anyway but they're, they're both sort of the same to me when it comes to race so it's like pick the one that you think can win pick the one like which and whichever one gets through the primary is who we going with right i would have literally voted for either one of them but correct people don't care about that they just rather call you neoliberal argue with you on social media argue with you on whatever rather than to admit that like yo whatever whatever's best we just got to go for it um anyway uh the indictment that bernie doesn't get it usually leads to the demand that he focuses more deeply on racism in addition to class in coast words sanders should be directly confronted and asked why his political imagination is so active against plutocracy but so limited against white supremacy ironically coach for all his insight makes the very mistake for which he slams sanders the separation of class and race yes sanders emphasizes economics while coach stresses white supremacy both both urge and approach <clears throat> that divides the two Coates might respond that his argument presumes deep connections between race and class for black people as surely it does but there's something missing coach says little about this intersection for white people beyond implying that whites benefit from black oppression insisting that sanders embrace the repara- reparations and speak out forcefully against white supremacy might be sound advice if the only goal were to reach voters of color but but what about white voters who also live and suffer in a racist society see that's the thing why do we always have to give a fuck about them right right but these are the things that people presented as look at these valid critiques of coats this sounds more like a protection of sanders than a than a critique of coats with different emphasis sanders and coats see racism essentially the same way as bad things that happen to people of color with little bearing on how often how others are harmed by a society wedded to the belief in human hierarchy and with no connection to how racism enables plutocracy in the united states today but, i don't agree with her but go ahead. not just that but that's absolutely a lie he talks about how white people of uh lower class injured themselves because of racism he's saying that's how fucked up racism is and this is a i, I simply part ways with people on this belief white people are not confused nope these poor white people in make america great again hats this is not a mistake that they voted for and then went back and went oh my bad no it's not a mistake they're not stupid in the way that you think they're stupid right racism isn't just this like i don't know better type of thing it is a willful type of ignorance you know and i think as long as we keep turning it into how do we get them to to see our side of it you're it's a fruitless effort yes it is you know it's so i, I mean like a, the, people are entitled to believe but i just think when you call that a critique that's not an actual critique that's a disagreement but a critique to me is like yo he said this thing and it was factually inaccurate he said this thing and it was we are proving it to be wrong we still have not proven on any level in american history that poor white people will not always go against their better interest quote-unquote for racism and the quote-unquote around better interest is that and this is 
it's the biggest conceit in the whole thing and it's, it hinges on the whole argument to them their better interest is having racism around they'd rather have the i'm white at least i'm not blank than anything it's the same way for sexism it's the same way for homophobia transphobia it's the same way for all that shit if we keep viewing people as just good misguided people that somehow need to learn better we'll always be fucked up you either have to go through or around these motherfuckers but you're not gonna you're not gonna convince them because they're not using actual logic you know as long as i can feel like i as if i'm a, a man in this situation let's take away from race for a second as a man as long as i can feel like i'm in the boys club it doesn't matter that the other boys are richer than me it doesn't matter that they all have bigger houses and better looking wives and more money than me none of it matters to me i'm in this club where women can't come that was the victory for me if you said well listen if we let women in the club everybody will have a better time and the guys who are rich and shit will have to give up some of their money and everybody will get a little money and a little bit of access to this privilege i would turn around and be like "Uh uh-uh no 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 no. i'd just rather be in the boys club and feel a power of exclusion than than the power of unity of us all being in here that's the truth and i and like i said i've been made to feel bad for believing that i've been made to feel wrong for believing that but that's how people feel you know what i'm saying like for believing that that's how people feel not saying i don't believe that obviously but for for saying these people aren't bad aren't aren't misguided people they're not you know they don't need we don't need to cater to their votes we have to move around them because they're never coming over here somehow that makes ta-nehisi coats wrong you know like i said i appreciate his voice because someone needed to say it you know and and not and i don't feel crazy anymore when i read his work i'm like yes that's how this this is by design we're not black people don't need to be more responsible or pull our pants up or act different like we're we're playing a rigged game the best we can hope for is doing right by each other and 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 fighting where we can to see what 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 more we can get but it's not our fault if we don't get it if it doesn't work out it's not our, it's never been our fault uh karen phil says tanazi coats i like him a lot i've only met him a couple times some of his work is deeply moving but tanazi coats if he were right about the situation you'd have to say there's no exit there's nothing we can do it reminds me of what people used to say about the prospect of nuclear war back in the days when we had air raid drills and the illusion of shelters and so on if someone said the only thing you can do about it is put your head between your legs kiss your behind goodbye that seems to be the political prescription that comes out of the whiteness and i don't know if that's the right term but that comes out of the primordial white racism argument there's nothing to do about it put your head between your legs and kiss your butt goodbye uh so then dan denver who was interviewing her asked uh the corollary argument that people like coast make is that attempts to talk about class are ever to distract from racism or to escapate the escapate the uh, white working class for its bigotries and barbara says uh that is devastating that mistake is it's intolerable as a mistake i don't think it's a mistake you see what i'm saying like you you just disagree you literally just disagree like how is it a mistake you know so um i will read one more but i think y'all get it the the critiques are just he don't think we can beat this so therefore i'm you know therefore i'm uh 
he's wrong and act like other people don't feel the same way he does they act like other black people don't feel like that too they act like other black people who don't got these phds and shit like that who live in a normal regular ass life looking around the world going shit is going up in flames then what can i do as an individual person because a lot of times people look at things from individuality me as an individual person sitting right here in my situation what can i do by my little lonesome self i mean he read and studied all the same shit everybody else did he arrived at a different conclusion yeah and, a lot and yet and i think because so much of black um professorial academic and um protest and political progress has been attached to black church it gets wrapped up in this black faith shit of well then you have to have hope you have to believe there's a higher power you have to think there's a reason for all this and and i no, i don't have to i don't have to you can i'm not taking it away from you but if you ask my opinion i don't have to then turn around and give a tell all the kids it's gonna be fine you know like you're asking me to look at science-based event like at facts you're asking me to look at facts and tell you a lie i can't lie to you you know like it's like when people go what the children would do better and i'm like but i have are you have you seen these children (laughs) you know have you seen what they do like it hasn't actually gotten better in that way you know what i mean like technology's gotten better there's a lot of things that have gotten better correct in in the course of 400 i mean i'm not stupid but to but if you don't see the willful if you don't see the fact that people can willfully turn off the part of their brains that sees us as human beings and those people represent the majority of political financial power in america then i don't know what to tell you because everything people keep bringing up it's like you ain't either got the numbers for it and you don't have the people for it you know either you know like there's not gonna be a violent revolution all the motherfuckers that's super socialist only got guns and shit anyway we're not about to blow nobody's shit up um there's not gonna be and, and it's like uh my man big boy said um it's like uh nigga they made they got they got some shit that'll blow out your back from where they stay at so like we not gonna outgun these militia motherfuckers that's not gonna happen um the idea of us overhauling our entire government to be a socialist government in america uh it's not gonna happen like it's if that's what people want to believe that's fine but it ain't gonna happen and not in our lifetime at all and i don't see the hope coming and i and that's fine that's okay for me to not feel that way and it should be okay for coach not to feel that way and it should be okay for other people to feel differently than that like the the idea of having to rein somebody in to make them feel a different way seems fucked up to me and that's the vast majority of the critique if you separate out the i don't know how much of this is jealousy and shit either like it's just so so to see him leave felt more like sad in a way of like kind of representation because i like his voice but he'll be doing long form shit it'll probably be better and less distracted and you know because somebody was like uh my man from uh polytone from five star was like oh you just gotta block him it might have been bob but one of them said you just just block cornell don't i was like you know what cornell's so big it ain't even about notification or anything it's just you getting phone calls 
niggas come by your house motherfuckers writing you emails checking on you like he's a big enough name that you know and then this richard spencer shit like you're not able to just go i'm gonna ignore this Mm-mm. and i understand being like i'm removing myself from the situations because i've done that before too i'm like this is not a thing i can solve it's ultimately not my fault and i'm resolute i don't feel wrong for how i feel you know and i don't like being lied on so let me just stop being around you you know like that's like if you don't want to like me that's not that's not my business no it's not and yeah be it good bad or indifferent i have learned over time uh particularly with getting older i don't mind removing myself from a situation there's nothing wrong with that sometimes more people need to pull themselves away from situations than the bullshit that happens in your life wouldn't happen because you wouldn't be there in the first place right so anyway man it's sad he's gone from twitter more because of how how it happened but i'm kind of happy for him man because hopefully you know it's more peaceful without having people do just wild shit like that you know it's like when someone looks at someone's twitter followers and be like you got this many followers like nigga i didn't know i was gonna get that many people like it's not uh it's not a a science a lot of people get caught up in 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 things you know like that twitter followers twitter accounts all that stuff and most of the time people that had these high numbers that was their not their intentions like i don't know why people think that the first people's intentions the first chapter of his book is i don't know why the fuck white people reading this and like this and have elected me to be the spokesperson and i'm like i feel you how could you possibly know you couldn't you know you're not like you actually make the most pessimistic argument of all the scholars you don't make people feel good people say they feel bad after listening to you and and when you hear like every interview it it gets to i know it gets on my nerves i don't know if it gets on his or not but every interview with him starts the same way and it ends the same way we're like basically like give us some hope tell us we're gonna be okay tell us it's gonna get better tell so why are you so pessimistic it's like have you read the fucking book like i don't know how he he has a lot uh he's a very calm to me like i it would be very difficult for me not to answer that like well did you read the book i gave you all the reasons for why i don't feel hopeful just read the book and you'll see like yeah, this because, ain't a hopeful situation right because the truth be told people want to feel good and people people who live in that realm where they just want to feel good and it's human nature to want to feel good yeah you know nobody wants to deal with the reality of what's really happening around them but if you look at it and you analyze it and you see through it um it's a very sad depressing and lonely place and people don't like to be in that frame of mind so they look at things to give them hope because hope is one of the things that for some people helps get you through things helps keep you focused helps um get your mind right and for some people hope and love and peace and 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 joy is one of the few things uh in the world that uh doesn't have a price tag on and it's an internal thing it's something that you internally feel well i'll go ahead i'm sorry Mm, go ahead well you weren't done go Mm -hmm. ahead no and it's something that in my opinion that you internally feel like you internalize those things and and it comes out if it's in you it's going to come out and um i think that for some people they don't want to view the world as hopeless because they feel like if the world is hopeless what is the fucking point of being here yeah and i'm not trying to take it away from anybody that's what's so weird is like i said i don't talk about it because of that i don't want people to feel like oh right here he comes trying to step on my joy or you know one of the reasons that i didn't want to have kids is because of this shit you know i'm like not in this world for what you know so like that's the extent of how 
you know i believe the world to be you know um it doesn't mean there's no joy to getting be gotten out of the world it's right i was telling someone today i still kind of believe in some magical bullshit this unity or umbrella of blackness and the fact that we need to take care of each other and look out for each other if we can and the fact that we are in this together whether we want to be or not i mean technically i have no proof that that's true you know what i mean i see black people do each other dirty all the time i see black people that don't care about all black lives all the fucking time so i don't know that to really be true it's just a thing a dogma of mine that i chose to believe in that i use as my own template but you know to me that can be just as ridiculous as a magical man in the sky and shit like that's not you know like it ain't that fucking um i don't have the proof for that shit either and i think especially with the hope thing you were bringing up well when your job is to talk about these things when you get paid money to go talk to audiences about this especially audiences of white people um there's something in it for you to make it hopeful to tell them that they can be redeemed that they will do better that they're not as bad as their ancestors and their forefathers and that 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 we i have the solution it's gonna it's gonna work out there's something in it you know it's the same thing for like that black church cosign a lot i mean i don't think it's a coincidence that michael eric dyson and cornell west are both preachers you know because if you're living in that ivory tower you need that fucking black cosign of church hey i'm just like you i go to church too you know so i'm talking at this mixer with nothing but white people or i'm fucking eating caviar or whatever the fuck you do with those things these functions where you've been chosen to be the black voice and ain't too many black people in the room like you need that cosign you need that authenticity so that that orator skill of preaching and talking in blackness like you need that you know um so i can kind of understand that too but anyway all that shit to say like um i like i said i identify with the dude so to see some of the quote-unquote critiques that come at him on some like why you not hopeful i think that's i think people should stop doing that yeah and i think it's like you don't feel like me so just because you don't feel like me is the problem with that because i know for me i am of the hopeful group you know right like like that's just me you know i do look um for hope and peace and love and joy because that's just who i am well especially considering he doesn't go after that right he doesn't you see what i'm saying right, like, he doesn't attack those i've people. never seen a why the fuck you so hopeful or you know the problem with michelle alexander she thinks like i've never seen that maybe let me know if i'm missing it but his shit is pretty much i stay in my lane i'm a race man i talk about race i don't start venturing out into other shit that i don't know about and that's it and if and somehow that anyway anyway sorry um sorry for what for this tangent this is a huge tangent i didn't mean to get into all this but you know they just hit listening they um feel. so but yeah that that sh- that shit really uh got to me today when i saw he left i was like damn y'all got rid of a nigga that had a good vo-. like he wasn't trying to hurt nobody like you know how many nope. motherfuckers are still around on social media doing just fucking fine every day you know like literally are out here doing harmful work with within and without our community and just they just keep existing nobody's doing shit they're not getting canceled they make a living off of it and this is the motherfucker that gets chased off of social media it's just just whack you know it happens to a lot of people but you know i felt the same way about this i felt about the leslie jones shit where i'm like 
okay maybe you had an issue with some of her comedy or some shit but once fucking milo and those whatever those people are started co-signing it nothing in you made you go ah okay maybe not this though come on dog like i you said know? maybe it's just me but if i have a if i'm speaking on something and i'm passionate about it and i turn around and everybody around me got on hoods and lightened up crosses i'm beginning to think i'm beginning to reconsider where i stand well all right man um let's talk about some news um let's see what else we got here you know what i think it's been a few days since we've done this let's do some uh lgbtq news um since uh since uh it's been a while so much news to catch up on i don't know how we gonna ever get up on this shit uh all right here we go forbidden words um three of those words being fetus transgender and diversity mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think signs on that list too what what'd you say was signs evidence-based mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah uh it was a 90-minute briefing cdc officials got um from the people who oversee the budget and according to analysts who took part in the briefing the forbidden words are vulnerable entitlement diversity transgender fetus evidence-based and science-based in some instances the analysts were given alternative phrases instead of science-based or evidence-based the suggested phrase is cdc bases its recommendations on science in consideration with community standards and wishes the person said in other cases standards and wishes this facts right in other cases no replacement words were immediately offered yeah i'm sure they don't have a replacement word for transgender i'm sure they don't fetus of course will be tiny human soul child baby complete human being person um <laughs> uh, department of health and human services which oversees cdc will continue to use the best scientific evidence available to improve the health of all americans hhs is also st- also strongly encourages the use of the outcome and evidence data in program evaluation and budget decisions um yeah man uh y'all know we put uh, a lot of our community at risk in america 
a lot of uh americans who are lgbtq and uh marginalized in society relied on things like planned parenthood um we put those people at risk by having these motherfuckers in charge of the government so of course they decided we don't need evidence and facts it was trump's election was a referendum on facts and evidence as well and the science come on and what people fail to realize is that these are the people that when diseases break out and this is their job to do studies and statistics on it you know we're about to have breakouts and diseases that have been eradicated are about to fucking come back because you don't have the public the general public educated on it you don't have the general public with the knowledge that they need in their hands so you're gonna have these people walking around here ignorant uh here's three very fucked up sad articles in a row but i would feel remiss if we did not cover this on the show um but there are three different trans women of color that have been killed um in the last uh few days Hmm. yep um uh brianna stevenson 31 is the 27th trans one trans person to be killed this year in the u.s making it by far the most deadly year on record stevenson was found dead at the early hours uh monday morning after police were called to a motel at 2 30 a.m no arrests have been made yet oklahoma city police spokesperson uh gary knight monday told a local outlet news 4 that it's too early in the investigation to say whether stevenson was killed because of her gender identity the victim's family released a statement saying we are all heartbroken Bro- brooklyn brianna was an amazing daughter sister and friend with a giving and loving heart it's sad but i appreciate them not misgendering her in uh in death because so many families do yes they do we pray that those who committed this heinous crime will be identified and brooklyn will receive justice local trans advocate paula sophia shawnower shawnower um said when i found out monday night it broke my heart she added i knew how hard she was trying and how much she was working to establish her identity and to establish a place in the world for herself troy stevenson the executive director of freedom oklahoma said the death was of deep concern we got a member of the transgender community that's been murdered like this and it happens quite often unfortunately in october candace towns was found shot to death in macon georgia the 30 year old's best friend malaysia monroe said towns was incredibly generous if i needed anything she would give it to me she would give me the clothes off her back um so yep um let's see what else we got oh uh this one is brandy sills uh this article uh brandy sills 26 was shot dead in houston texas in the early hours of wednesday morning uh the victim who was charged with felony prostitution december 2015 see a lot of times because um like marginalized out of out of the workforce marginalized out of uh, a lot of um government programs and stuff you know the way people are who knows what's gonna happen if Planned Parenthood goes under or something who knows but um shelters and stuff a lot of times you know because of harassment and stuff you don't really have a place to be and um you don't really have a job that people will allow you quote unquote to do right so there's a lot of trans women especially of color in sex work and since we consider sex work to be a crime it's one of the most dangerous professions you can have when it comes to something like this because the johns and the pimps and all this shit and and other sex workers they know you're not protected they know you're not a protected class they know no one's gonna look into your murder they know no Mm -hmm. one's you can't call the police and hey this person did this thing to me you just gotta live with that um 
so yeah i'm you know i'm not surprised uh but uh yeah police have suggested she was killed by someone after they realized she was a transgender woman and not a man as they had thought um this kind of attack is horrifically common maria cheeks brandy's aunt paid tribute to the victim though she like the police misgendered her niece throughout Mm. I, i won't read all that stuff but you know obviously that's fucked up uh but that's a family i don't know you know um but you know it's just like another indignity uh houston police department homicide detective phil waters joined cheeks and misgendering brandy using her dead name and saying that the fact is we have a man in women's clothing jesus christ wow yeah that's just fucked up man like i said you died and people was like mm-hmm yep well he he's like that's on purpose at that point you know uh, that but yeah that just keep in mind the person misgendering her in the police report is also the person that's supposed to be trying to find who murdered her now they gonna put that at the top of their priority list just think about it for us it's like if the police said we're looking for whoever killed that nigger uh we're gonna definitely look in uh however uh trayvon mr martin died uh i'm sure we'll get right on top of it okay but the the plain point of fact is you have a nigger walking down the street in the dark with a hoodie on but we're gonna get to the bottom of this would you have faith in that investigation would you go oh yeah they will bring the murderer to justice Mm-mm. yeah i don't either you know um um oh and then Alora wells tells a story of a vulnerable community oh the death of Alora wells tells a story of a vulnerable community um so uh alora wells is also killed um 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 and i think yeah they found her body in a ravine in toronto Hmm. um and um they didn't even know who it was so they finally put the name to her body uh it took a while which you know obviously when there's no real id when there's you know all this type of stuff everybody going by nicknames and shit right the news have been a long time coming for her father siblings and friends of maggie's sex worker advocacy group uh who have been coping with her disappearance for months so she so they took months to find um find her it also put a spotlight on toronto's police service and the 519 community center in the church wesley wellesley village uh both have been criticized for the way they handle communication in the cases of Alora, a homeless biracial transgender woman and by extension one of the city's most vulnerable people this has been a difficult year for the community in and around the village a dedicated police probe is looking into the disappearance this year of two gay men andrew kinsman and selim uh eason in late november tess ritchie 22 was strangled to death at the clubbing in the village her body was found days later by her mother who searched for her because she felt police weren't looking hard enough her mom found her body not the police and all of this comes at the police looked into a vein uh, uh uh into the cases of three village regulars who vanished between 2010 and 2012 sound like a lot of people dying up here mm-hmm. a Laura's story is tragic but consistent with the fact that people such as her are extremely high risk of poverty violence homelessness and drug abuse the washington blade a u.s lgbtq publication estimates the average life expectancy for a transgender woman of color is 35 wow Alora only made it to 27 and how she died may never be known um yeah the other thing too is um this is why motherfuckers don't want to hear the breakfast club joke about this shit no they don't 
that's why i don't nobody want to hear when men start talking about well if you trick me i mean nobody want to hear that you know it's like like i said it would be like saying look black people getting killed by the police and someone goes well if you got a gun and you pull it on me it's like well that's not even what's happening it don't matter to you that that's not the truth that that's you're bringing up a hypothetical well i can't even say how to a woman is that kind of reaction well, no no you can't if if you pose but you know what i mean question, you it's that kind of reaction to right. uh you're posing a hypothetical to something that ha- that really happened anyway um justin trudeau uh who i believe is a prime minister of canada did that president or prime minister uh, i think prime minister uh anyway justin trudeau tearfully apologized for decade long decades long treatment of lgbtq canadians for the 1950s and to the 1990s canada discriminated against lgbtq government workers and convicted thousands of canadians for having sex with someone of the same gender huh canada huh did not know they was into that uh speaking in the house of commons on tuesday prime minister justin trudeau delivered a tearful apology for his country's historic state-sponsored systemic oppression and rejection of queer canadians you are professionals you are patriots and above all you are innocent and for all your suffering you deserve justice and you deserve peace trudeau expressed shame sorrow and regret to the government workers military service members and the criminalized public for the discrimination and subsequent pain they face at the hands of canada's hateful violent legislation in his speech trudeau addressed the systemic firings and convictions of his canadians who were or suspected to be a part of the lgbtq community our laws made private and consensual sex between same-sex partners a criminal offense leading to the unjust arrest conviction and imprisonment of canadians this criminalization would have lasting impacts for things like employment volunteering and travel those who admitted that they were gay were fired discharged or intimidated into resignation they lost dignity lost careers and had their dreams and indeed their lives shattered as part of the government's apology canada has set aside 145 million dollars with 110 million of that covering reparations for lgbtq government workers or military who lost their careers to discrimination come on and 15 million dedicated to historical reconciliation education and memorialization efforts canada's government and military will also create support programs to promote networking and positivity for lgbtq service members the government also proposed legislation to expunge the criminal records of people convicted of same-sex activity by consenting adults calling the expungement of historically unjust convictions act bill c66 the law would allow convicted canadians and their spouses parents siblings children or, or legal representatives to apply for each record to be expunged and could affect as many as nine thousand records of convictions for gross indecency buggery and anal intercourse however overturning such convictions will be difficult in practice michael motala one of the authors of the report that encouraged the government to apologize and the legislation said the legislation puts the onus on the victims and their families to prove they were discriminated against which could be further which could be further complicated by the trauma of the ordeal if the family doesn't know their family member was subjected to the queer purge it is our collective shame that you were so mis uh treated and so and it is our collective shame that this apology took so long many who suffered are no longer alive to hear these words and for that we're truly sorry trudeau said wow it's a start is it perfect no but it goes a whole hell of a lot further than a lot of people would have been willing to do uh for the fact that you're even willing i know it sounds sad to expunge something else for the fact that you're putting money up because a lot of people and you said this and i agree people act like well why they going why people demand money because i will never get fucking justice money is justice people better realize that 
yeah you can't take my i can't get my time back i can't get my time my back. career my career i i cannot take back the what you had the what you have done to my body i can't take back my soul you crushed i can't take back the joy you stole from me i can't take that back so what i can do to compensate for that is take your money i'll say this man i'm shocked like i that's the we've read these kind of we apologize things before but it's always been kind of empty there's never been money associated with it till just now there's never been um even the expunging of records we've had the like yeah you got to go up here and prove da 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 um and i would rather just see a mass sweeping of like this shit should not be a criminal infraction but obviously um that's probably easier from said than done i don't know their criminal code like that right it's kind of like sodomy was used to uh arrest uh gay men back in the day but sodomy is also used to stop like rape just any rapist and some people get convicted of sodomy because they're a rapist and some people get convicted of sodomy because they had consensual sex with another man maybe you would have to do it on a case-by-case basis but it seems to me it would be better for everybody if it didn't have to be the person who was basically victimized under these laws to have to take the time and the effort to come forward but when you fuck up like this there's no perfect system no but i i really do think um th- this is amazing I, I i i wish we could i hope we do it here in america but I, um jeff in the chat just even said what i was thinking which i can't even imagine it nah mm-mm. you know not 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 the way because our system is designed we we america is a country of cr- uh, uh, uh criminalization we believe in punishment we don't believe in rehabilitation we actually are not a country of forgiveness quote unquote as much as we try to pretend like we are we're not you know um and it's one of those things where we purposely and strategically make things hard for any form anybody that's marginalized you know as much as america like to uh, beat its chest and act like we're the best and we're the greatest and we have this moral standing we really don't compare to other countries it's also that thing too where you know trudeau doesn't believe this and you know he you know these are not his crimes that he committed against these people but it's always the quote-unquote good person that has to apologize that has the conscience to even apologize like it's always that person uh because in these positions of power there's always people that get these positions and like i don't give a fuck about that shit that was it's 1990 is when they said they stopped doing this it's 2017 that's 27 years yeah 27 years that no leader there has said we should do something about this we should make this right um or at least no leader had the 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 balls to come out there and be like we gonna i'm gonna do this you know uh gay adult film actor hugh hunter rips the gay vn awards for racism and declines nominations Mm, who is this person uh gay vn awards an annual award ceremony thrown by avn uh honoring work done in the gay porn industry were suspended in 2011 but a return for 2018 we handed out january 21st over the weekend gay adult film actor hugh hunter declined his nominations in all categories ripping the organization and the gay porn industry in general for racism is this a black man white dude white dude okay white dude um wrote hunter the gay porn industry has always been a place of veiled racism and bigotry 
is not <clears throat> it now appears as if the gavian awards have chosen to make this racism and bigotry more blatant in their return to the awards arena as i browse through the gavian award nomination categories it's an endless list of nominees i noticed a category which immediately struck my sensibilities as wrong and quite frankly turned my stomach he denounced the gavian awards for creating a separate category for ethnic performers mm-hmm. segregating black latin and asian actors to a category of their own right as hunter <clears throat> why why were these scenes not just included in the best scene category why would a gay porn company choose to separate minority groups into their own race in an event that's supposed to celebrate the gay industry in its entirety why would this category be created in 2017 when the political climate is so thick with racial divide in this country come on why would they call it ethnic who uses the term ethnic at it <laughs> hunter who calls on other members of the gay adult industry uh to stand up against racism and bigotry i want to be remembered for stepping forward to starting a movement to eventually end racism and bigotry in this beleaguered industry we are members of the lgbq community this family includes all colors of the rainbow and all people from every corner of the world for so many we are the educators of sexuality let's be the best educators we can be come on come through uh hugh hunter yeah i appreciate it dog like that's um that's that's what's funny because porn is so segregated um i remember we used to have um sarah J come on the show she's a Mm -hmm. porn star y'all might be familiar with but she's always talking about how much how much racism is in the porn industry and people try to make excuses and people a lot there's a lot of lies going around uh specifically um especially like really anti-black ones like if you do a scene with a black guy it's gonna be blah blah the blue blue and stuff like that she was like that's bullshit you know actresses that say i don't work with black men she's like they just racist there's not a financial component to it you don't actually make less money uh based on who you fuck so uh yeah but yeah it's good to see somebody come out and be like especially in the lgbtq community where a lot of times people do feel like there's white gay people and then there's the rest of us the rest of us you know and so to see somebody come out and be like nah that's bullshit we we should either all be in it together or not at all um it'll be interesting to see if he gets any support and if anybody else decides to pull out too Uh, especially with people working in the industry and they haven't done this award show in seven years there's gonna be a lot of people that feel like oh i'm thirsty you know i ain't been able to get an award or recognize but like we always say somebody got to be willing to step away from the podium if you want justice if you want shit to be right someone got to be willing to turn something down and be like i'm not the right person for this right and a lot of times what people don't talk about either standing up for what's right is a lonely road and nobody ever wants to talk about that because at the end of the day for most people it's just easier to cheer and go yeah you right but when it's time to put your actions forward the average person is not willing to do it uh lady gaga's foundation has given an award to the mormon girl who came out to her church Mm. lady gaga's born this way foundation has recognized a mormon teen who came out to a church for her work with lgbt homeless youth savannah who made international headlines this summer when she came out to a church has been recognized for her work lgbt people the 13 year old has been named given the channel wait channel kindness award uh from the born this way foundation for her project that gives care packages to homeless lgbt teens speaking to the salt lake tribune savannah said i always wanted to help homeless people that's why i wanted to go on a mormon mission but you don't uh, have to go on a mission to help people savannah is one of eight people eight of the recipients for the award this year members of the born this way foundation follow lady gaga on, gaga on her 40 city tour with their own channel kindness tour in order to recognize and reward those who make a positive impact in their community 
according to their website the foundation aims to support the wellness of young people empowering them to create a kinder braver world savannah's coming out when she was 12 years old was recorded and quickly went viral due to her moving words in her speech to the congregation in the utah church she said my parents did not mess up when they gave me brown eyes or when i was born bald they did not mess up when they gave me freckles or when they made me gay i do believe he god made me this way on purpose no part of me is a mistake i do not choose to be this way it is not a fad i cannot make someone else gay and being around me won't make anyone else this way i believe that god wants us to treat each other with kindness even if people are different especially if they are different after a heartfelt admission in the summer she sadly faced backlash from friends and family and had to change schools due to a negative response to her coming out despite all this she remains optimistic and is happy in her new home i try to look for the positive aspects rather than negative ones well good for lady gaga good for her and i'm sorry people are shit right there's always such a negative side to all these positive stories like she got an award also her family hates her now you're like why why right what's happening here um all right oh here's one america needs another twenty one thousand three hundred and seven lgbt elected officials to achieve true equality yep according to a new report from the victor institute which works to elect lgbt people to public office political parity is a long way away twenty one thousand three hundred and seven seats away to be exact only then will the percentage of lgbt elected officials line up with the four percent of american adults who identify as lgbt according to a recent gallup estimate only four those are the ones that were polled like I, mm. my opinion the numbers mm. i i've always felt like this the numbers are actually bigger than all the studies and statistics yeah. and censors but a lot of people just be like i don't want them problems like, i'm gonna live yeah. my life but i also a lot a lot of numbers are not counted like i think a lot of people across this country will be really 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 shocked if they see the true numbers mm-hmm. uh the most striking finding in the victory institute report is that only point one percent of elected officials are lgbt that means there would need to be nearly 50 times more open lgbt elected officials including three more senators 12 more members of the house of representatives and twenty-one thousand other officials before federal state and local governments fully reflect the population yeah imagine that you go to a court what are the chances of you having a fair case of it centers around your gender identity or or your sexual orientation what is the chance of you looking a judge in the eye and being like oh cool that judge who was elected to this position is also uh in the family you know it's probably this you know uh not not the same chance but the same feeling i would get when i walk in the courtroom and i see a black judge like oh cool maybe maybe they'll understand i don't know (laughs) you know what i mean um so yeah the report released today provides the most comprehensive overview today of the lgbt political representation in the united states from the senate all the way down to the local level yeah we're still celebrating like when one person gets elected we're still having first oh first openly trans person you know stuff like that that's my thing that's what i i uh i tell people if we're still crossing the finish line for first we get we got a long 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 way to go long right. way to go well i think we just got the first uh little black girl like 17 year old she was the first like uh speed skater on the olympic team it's 2017 and you know the other thing is you may um have people that are up there but they don't want to come out to be representatives in that way because they're of scared course. of losing their positions and shit right right because for a lot of people 
depending on the their personal situations they feel like it's quote unquote something to lose and they don't want to deal with the backlash a lot of people act like well just come out it ain't that simple dog it just ain't that simple there's a lot more to go to with it than kicking the door open and be like i'm gay right right uh hbo picked up two new Issa ray shows why is this in this section because one of them is about a bisexual black man dating comedy called him or her okay and uh an affluent windsor hills black teen drama but good for her on one mm-hmm. hand getting two new shows and uh you know hopefully the representation and um because people were going hard on uh insecure like it doesn't do enough for um not heteronormative relationships which you know um i could understand you know um so yeah i always think the solution to a lot of stuff is more representation not less i'd rather we have seven shows and a couple of them aren't for me and a couple of them are and vice versa for everybody else so uh good for her man and you know she's getting that leverage with uh, hbo hopefully she can fill um uh lena dunham's lane come on uh all right let's get into some other news guys uh let's see what we got here south carolina capital is poised to be the first u.s city city to ban gun bump stops bunk stop bump why can't i say that word to ban gun bump stocks the thing that the guy in vegas used to make his gun uh, which was not a fully automatic to a automatic to a like a fully automatic gun oh yeah because sales for that shit went through the roof yeah so it basically takes a gun and you hold down the trigger and it makes it into a machine gun you shouldn't be you shouldn't be able to purchase that and uh south carolina's capital city is going to be the first one to uh columbia south carolina the first one to ban it good mm-hmm. uh last month massachusetts became the first state to pass a lot of explicitly bans uh bump stocks right right because I mean, why would you need them you're For not what you don't use them to hunt for what what deer is coming out the woods bucking at you where you be like oh shit now it's got the rambo this deer makes mm-hmm. no fucking sense um let's see um oh this is good news and horrible news at the same time uh-huh. as always right guys um uh tens of thousands of rape kits have now been tested 127 convictions have been won 1947 cases have been investigated and 817 serial rapists have been identified good god yeah um this is uh detroit remember they had that back that backlog and they that's not counting the ones i think they threw out so. and they got destroyed and shit because they wouldn't sit in property got mildew and shit on them and people were like just go to the police some of these women are dead and gone stop that bullshit stop that they could have uh they could have caught more of these people but in 2009, um, that's when they found out they had 11,341 untested sexual assault kits. 11,000, dog. The results, just go to the police, right? Uh, the results of an hours-long process that collects evidence from the body of a rape victim were found during a routine tour of Detroit Police Storage Warehouse, some dating back to 1984. That's right. They didn't go looking for these. They didn't mean to find them they were taking a tour of the warehouse and went what's these boxes because somebody shut the door and locked it and never thought about it again they paying taxes on the building and shit don't even know that that's in their inventory how many people didn't get justice how many people 
how many criminals are allowed to continue to sexually assault people mm-hmm. no trials no intervention at all nope um so yeah um yeah anyway that's an update on that story because we covered it before but mm-hmm. the and then people go well why well, well, well why didn't they just want that money because you're going uh i'll be dead before i get any form of justice india draws flack for banning indecent condom ads on daytime tv well, what, what? Mm-hmm. condom ads are not about titillation they're about they're not about sex but safe sex said nita uh i mean uh said this quote in this article um india's decision to ban condom ads on daytime tv drew widespread ridicule on wednesday as a retrograde step that threatened progress on sexual and reproductive health right india's ministry of information and broadcasting on monday ordered television channels not to air condom adverts between 6 a.m and 10 p.m as they would be indecent and inappropriate for children i feel like we have that i feel like i never see condom ads unless i'm watching adult swim late at night or comedy central we mean i don't know what the rule is but yeah it's later on in the night i feel i mean now maybe it's not a rule for us i don't know but i feel like i never see them unless mm-hmm. it's late at night i'm surprised they ain't been tampons and ten packs commercials because i didn't even realize on your tampons uh the, the liquid's always blue it ain't never red they always do sit to kind of get around you yeah. know that type of shit i mean that makes sense they're never gonna have a depends ad about shitting you know it is what it is <laughs> you know you never see a, a diaper ad that's about shit it's always about pee right the <laughs> right, easy right. one to deal with uh, the, the right the easy one to deal with that's just that's just pure straight up trying to sell a product i don't blame them for that right they're like no we're not gonna we're not gonna tell you that if your kids shit you're gonna have to wipe their ass with the diaper we're not gonna show you that part although less than six percent of indian men use condoms less than six percent health experts say condoms are one of the most effective contraceptives helping families to spare to space children as well as protecting against sexually transmitted disease like hiv aids um yeah uh a study published in lancet global health journal in two on tuesday found half of india's more than 48 million pregnancies were unintended and a third resulted in abortions yeah i mean a condom would probably save a little time on that um i don't know what the birth control situation is there but i mean condom is uh pretty good uh let's see uh track palin yeah like uh okay sh- shout out to susan berry she say most of everything can be solved in life with the condom or conversation can solve most of everybody problems that they have with somebody mm, that's a good point i guess the condom they never exist or something no uh, the, no a lot of times a condom because a lot of times you know people have unwanted children hey we can put a condom on that or we can have a conversation about it yeah um you know what? i'm not gonna look to that gift horse in the mouth that's a good good saying mm-hmm. track palin had a standoff with police at the mile sarah of, i'm sorry about to think about it how, how many how, how much conflicts you've had with people with if y'all just sat down and had a conversation you probably could have solved most of the time because you know most people if they talk they if they're logical yeah i'm I'm, like i said i don't want to look this gift horse too far in the mouth i you know some of my problems i feel like condoms and conversations you know they they would have took care of them so i'm gonna just leave it at that most everything but i was thinking if a motherfucker used a condom then some of these niggas wouldn't be here and i wouldn't have no problems but that's just me (laughs) well see see a condom did fix the problem it would have it would have fixed the problem condom in a time machine Sarah Palin's son had a standout with the police after his mom Sarah called 911 when her eldest child assaulted his father Todd while trying to get into the family home after drinking on pills. Drinking on pills? 
the trashiest of trash what he mixed he blend the pills sarah palin's family is the trash is a trash y'all motherfuckers tried to make her vp she was the first test case for just how they call trump the first white president she was the first test case for the first white woman vice president because she was stupid everybody knew it and people still acted like one you couldn't call her stupid and two um we were supposed to act like she wasn't stupid like both of those things happen at the same time like i it's so funny to watch i wish we could take clips of how the glp people and fox news talked about sarah palin when they defended her and clips of how they talked about hillary clinton in 2016 that would be a fun daily show experiment so i just find those clips of and they're attacking her because a woman really you say this and your lipstick on a pig and shit like that and then they would turn around and be like uh you know hillary clinton's just lipstick on a pig <laughs> like they don't care anyway her her whole family trash so mm-hmm. not surprised this is second run in with cops Mm-mm. it's almost like they call him a thug if he was you know something else something else um i already brought up that twitter said they were gonna crack down on the alt-right mm-hmm. and uh richard spencer still has an account i don't <coughs> i don't believe you like mm-hmm. you say no hope i don't have no hope in nobody's social media site uh cory booker got extra security following death threat Cory Booker is adorable. I don't know why anybody want to kill him. Because he out here on a one man wrecking crew going, I told y'all. Yeah, I guess he, uh, yeah, he had a threat on his life. Him and his family received a death threat. Mm-hmm. That's sad. I believe that, right. Mm-hmm. He wanted Trump to resign. Um, and I guess somebody said they're going to kill him because of that. That's crazy. Sorry. That happened to him. That's fucked up. Right um let's see is there anything else i want to talk about okay how about this let's do a little little advice column stuff okay karen okay this is from uh essence.com ask dr sherry okay oh shit see what dr sherry talking about i uncovered my husband's affair after he had a stroke should i stay that's the whole that, that, that there's no more context no that's the title hi dr sherry my husband had a stroke and i found out he was having an eight-year affair his family knew about Ooh. the affair mm, his family knew we have been together for 30 years but i didn't know and we've been married for 22 we have two grown children and i haven't told my children i feel that it's not their business to know about our marriage i found out about his affair about six months ago but i can't get it out of my mind he wants to work it out and he says he can't see himself without me i love my husband and want to stay in my marriage but i'm having a very hard time with this i'm hurt and embarrassed by his family going along with the affair and knowing the other woman some days i don't want to work it out i cry but when i'm by myself thinking of the affair i'm angry that he lied to me for so long and i'm angry that i let it go on for so long i knew things weren't right when i asked him if he was having an affair he always said no i found out that about his affair through a text when i called her she didn't answer she sent me a text instead of calling me and talking to me about it woman to woman <laughs> surely this virus right i just want to know if you can give me some advice on how to get through this thanks dr shirley sherry what did dr sherry say you want to hear what she had to say what yeah. first of all what would you say could she get through it think she could work it out i don't know that that that's hard i've, I've actually seen people repair and recover marriages and relationships off of some fucked up situations so you know i can't say nothing's dead but at the same time i don't blame you if you go no nigga fuck you and your kids is grown 
yeah i can't see it dog that's a lot eight year affair and he had a stroke and your family knew and your family knew that that's, that's the most lot. fucked up part your family knew dog i don't think i could i don't but, i don't think i got yeah, that right because it's one of those things where i i think that that's the the straw that, that broke the camel's back in my opinion was for the fact that y'all niggas been looking at me and everybody and got me looking like a motherfucking fool though fuck you yeah i mean unless you can unless you don't already have life insurance on them or something then maybe stay with them long enough to get that but uh nah yeah you be all right going on with the other woman then push him down some steps in the wheelchair fuck him go on with that other woman dear sis this may not be the time for you to watch tyler perry's movie the diary of a mad black woman i know you are angry and upset but most of all you are hurt and feeling totally disrespected by him and his family eight years a long time for an affair and for his family to have a role on any level keep in mind that you have been married to your husband for 22 years not to the woman he was having an affair with or to his family as horrible that's if he just had one right as horrible as you may feel they do not owe you anything this is really about you and your husband mm-hmm. it appears that your your marriage has been in trouble for a long time you did not make the decision for him to have an affair and you cannot decide for him to end it or change his behavior we are not responsible yeah they, they gonna have that 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 fight that rose and uh <laughs> rose and uh troy, troy had. had in the fucking kitchen when he brought that baby home uh <laughs> now now rose baby need a mama uh the question is not yeah, what, but like this yeah the baby gonna have a mama but you but but you gonna be a womanless you gonna be a womanless man come on that's my movie the question is not what he wants but what do you want i recommend you seek individual therapy to process your feelings so that you can make a clear decision if you decide to remain in your marriage i highly recommend you both seek marital therapy marital therapy um when you have been emotionally wounded it takes time to work through the issues in order to heal your self-worth is not defined or determined by your husband if you want happiness you must find it deep within dr sherry and you ask me what do you think oh i'm leaving I, off tops that's crazy no that don't make no sense you must be out your motherfucking i'm mind. looking crazy at family members yeah that's not even i mean listen there's some shit you can come back from blah 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 that ain't one of them you told your fucking family right you need to keep it to yourself what you going to you taking her to thanksgiving and shit like what kind of shit is you doing right y'all showing up to events without my black ass i wish a nigga would i will snatch the soul out of your chest <laughs> some bullshit like that oh my god that's crazy that is crazy i don't even know how she wrote that oh i'm writing this from jail come, I come on poured hot grits down this nigga's stomach fuck him he dead but dr sherry can you recommend a good lawyer <laughs> uh all right let's uh <laughs> let's get into some other segments um what are we looking like on time okay we got we got five minutes we got all right uh let's scroll up to music uh oh wait you know before we do that i'll i'll read another article uh rise and shine genius tricks that will help you get out of bed in just 60 seconds without hitting the snooze button once even on the dreariest winter days mm, okay Mm-hmm. that's right number one drink water before you go to bed leave a glass of water or water bottle on your nightstand for the next morning when you wake up drink water to help your body get hydrated plus it helps kick your body's metabolism into gear the fresh water will also help you wake up and make you feel much fresher after a long night with no water if you have uh if you have spent the night before out of the town it's worth adding a couple of advil to your bedside table as well if you take those with the glass of water first thing in the morning you'll find the following few hours much easier to bear place your alarm clock strategically 
when your alarm clock is right next to you within arm's length whether it is a phone or actual clock makes it easy to just tap it on snooze so place the device further away from your bed so that when your alarm goes off you can't just reach over and tap it instead you're actually forced to get up get out of bed and turn it off you'll find that once you are out of bed the temptation to get back in bed and go to sleep again isn't quite so hard to refuse karen shaking her head this is an audio podcast but no those in the chat can see she didn't like this no what about the water idea noted that too i like the water idea open the blind seeing the sun peek through your window in the morning can be a frustrating and annoying but it's a simple way to alert you that it's time to get up you also buy a alarm clock that gives off light when it's time to wake up often these devices will mimic the sun gradually getting brighter as you get close to the alarm time in the winter there's also a great option for people who have to wake up before the sun is risen nope Mm-mm. set the temperature when it's time for bed your body temperature decreases in order to initiate sleep so by setting a specific temperature to your bedroom you can actually facilitate a better sleep the ideal room temperature for sleeping is 68 to 72 degrees fahrenheit falling asleep more quickly without tossing and turning will in turn help you wake up more easily i do that already i not i'd agree i agree with that one i keep a fan going too in the bedroom sometimes um wearable alarm clocks there's nothing worse than loud dreaded sound of an alarm going off the jarring loud noise can uh quite literally drench you out of your sleep in the most most uncomfortable way meaning that your first experience in the morning is one of shock and adrenaline rather than feeling like you are arrested even wearable alarm clock inner wearable alarm clocks the perfect alternative for people who struggle to cope with abrasive noise or the phone on the clock you invest in a watch that silently wakes you up by vibrating oh mine does that I'm mine not, does that too now i do like that like a lot because a lot of times i will doze back off to sleep uh because a lot of times i wake up before my clock goes off and i feel it shaking and i tap it and yeah it's more apt to prompt me to get up uh only use your bed for sleep and sex right right what about sex right what the fuck kind of advice is this i mean for sleep i mean and then to play with vibrators i mean there's a lot of things you can do in the bed besides sleep hmm you start laying around the bed all day and cuddle stuff other than sleeping your mind will stop associating your bed with relaxation and sleep instead connecting it with a time during which different uh, uh that was not that's a no-go Mm-mm. uh no alcohol or caffeine okay don't take Mm-mm. a bath uh, what Mm-mm. this may seem a surprise but taking a bath before bed is a way to wind down can actually have a reverse effect since your body temperature drops at bedtime the hot water from the bath will actually spike your body temperature with your body then has to cool down again so if you want to indulge take a bath at least an hour before bed yeah i take my my showers and stuff in the middle of the day anyway but then yeah i never understood how people could go to bed stank though like how do you like i guess it's just how me do you go to bed stank? like i'm rather i'd rather because i'd rather get in the bed clean then it gets less dirty right. than if you get in the bed like people that i just went out jogging now it's time to hop in the bed i'm like how nigga wash your ass all right get off my couch too all right you're sweating stank. make list a list of what uh keep a notepad appear next to your bed so you don't have to toss a turn thinking of stuff all the time you can just write it down oh like if you're the type of person where shit just comes to your mind in the middle of the night you mm-hmm. make that that makes sense set your coffee pot buy yourself a coffee pot a brewing device that has a built-in clock and timer then before bed set it to start brewing five minutes for okay now you gotta have some money for that i don't know how to do that <laughs> convince yourself you can get up what okay now you're just running out of shit to say 
have a positive attitude that's the whole point of the fucking thing in the first place i don't have that all right that's why i'm reading your article take melatonin it's an easy way to fall right to sleep and wake up feeling more fresh and early what's that than ever it's a hormone made oh. naturally in your body that regulates sleep and woke, wake, wakefulness so take the supplement in a uh, in a natural way taking a supplement is a natural way to put you to sleep when your body needs extra push plus melatonin sub- supplements come in different varieties including pills tablets gummies and liquids and lastly turn off the screen turn off the tv your phone all that stuff mm. there you guys right. go some good tips it's a high device all right i'm going to the next uh segment we'll, section we'll be right back guys um yeah that's all right advice you know could be better mm-hmm yeah it's not that bad mm-hmm. i don't know what that's talking about with that use your bed just for sleep though that's crazy talk what <laughs> oh man i'll take a nap you can do a lot in the bed you can do a lot in the bed that's correct that is a true statement let me get everybody over here mm-hmm. and let me get karen here all right all right so uh let's get into our segments as i promised uh earlier we're just fucking with those black people we're just fucking with those blacks we're just fucking with fucking with black people that's right guys time to play the game we all hate to play it's fucking with black people the game we go all around the globe we find different articles to make us feel fucked with and we assign point scores from zero to 100 intervals of 25 today's contestants everybody all right see who winning today a new study shows oakland cops are more racist when tired or stressed that's just people can you wait what what are you saying over there Karen? oh say that say that statement again a study shows right that oakland cops okay are more racist when they are tired or stressed oh more racist oh okay i misunderstood you oh okay a hundred mm, okay I fuck don't know. that racism ain't got nothing to do with you being tired or stressed you could be woke racist sleep racist you just racist yeah ain't got nothing to do with your biological clock or anything like that can't even imagine that feeling Uh, sir you know why i pulled you over uh no <sighs> sorry just i didn't get a lot of sleep last night niggers uh just pulled your coons over can you get out the car boy can you go oh oh i was gonna teach you to get out the car boy you ain't from around these parts are you <laughs> like what <laughs> <laughs> i misunderstood what you were saying i thought you were saying that you know they ain't getting enough sleep so you know they more tired i was like well that's most people but you know no i i missed the racism bar more racist we ain't fucking which, with black people which which mean you which mean your racism is above normal i like i just want to know what happens if one partner gets eight hours sleep and the other one gets two like who who offsets what i know you step out and be like jim bob jim bob take the hood off boy take take the, take the hood off <laughs> I was just trying to get some sleep. I mean, it was a long night chasing them niggers. I'm gonna kill this motherfucking nigger right here. Whoa, whoa, buddy. Sounds like you need to get a couple of these. I know. <laughs> but like, whoa, whoa, buddy. 
you need snickers i got <laughs> right i gotta start off asking police when they pull me over sir sir before i even ask you what i was doing wrong how much sleep did you get last night because i just need to know is this a two-hour transaction or if i'm fighting for my life tonight? right i, I need to know so right. i can kind of kind of guesstimate how much my ticket gonna be is gonna be a 50 dollars ticket or 300 dollars ticket oh sir you know why i pulled you over uh sir i just don't want to die tonight right I, it doesn't even matter why you pulled me up i agree with everything you have to say i just want to live just remember with a sign imagine being tired and that's why you racist not just, not that you racist you just flat racist you more racist because you tired it's like if i don't get my eight hours i gotta hit a nigga in his balls i just can't ah! how i'm supposed to make it through this shift okay some people snack when they get angry to stay away some people drink coffee i know okay. i can see them being like see you people is why i can't get no what they call it that siesta mm-hmm. fucking around with y'all mm-hmm. they stop more african-americans during the middle of that shift this indicates that maybe events during the day that impact officer behavior contributing to observe racial disparities they gotta have to work some shorter shifts to get to stop being racist they work 10 hour shifts right now cut it to eight mm-hmm. she cut it to six uh 52 percent of traffic stops are black people in the first hour they shift good god <laughs> that is already grossly disproportionate compared to the 28 percent of oakland that is black most oakland police officers Ooh. work 10 hour shifts they're supposed to take a 30 minute break however it's common to skip the break hunt's analysis of the data reveals that what happens when officers work straight through their 10 hour shift without taking a break by the fifth hour of continuous duty the rate at which blacks are pulled over increased to 66 percent of all traffic stops wow yep i'm tired just pull over this nigger right and then you wonder why people over there be like y'all are motherfucking racist mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah, Miss Smart said, good cop, bad cop when you get one that's sleep and one that's awake. I guess that's what happened. That's what's happening in them interrogation rooms. Listen, buddy, I ain't had a lot of sleep, so you gonna tell me where the goddamn drugs are. I will put your balls to the wall! And then the other one's like, go, oh, calm down, buddy, calm down. I had 12 hours of sleep last <laughs> night, so this conversation might be pretty cool. <laughs> Listen, now, my Santiago hasn't had a lot of sleep, and that's why he's acting like that. <laughs> come on man anyway 100 that's crazy of course trump has hurt race relations of most americans say in a new poll i feel like if i google i'll find obama has hurt race relations most americans say in a new poll which i mean americans are the problem here they're the only consistent thing in this poll americans Americans say americans have decided that it's not them it's the politicians they're making us be racist guys it's, it was everything was fine before these fucking politicians came along everything was fine mm-hmm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ooh, racial harmony mm-hmm mm-hmm well i got a number for you a hundred come on <laughs> oh man we can't even have christmas songs jingle bells is racist how's jingle bells racist the first time it was ever performed a professor uh, in boston university has uncovered the origins the first time it was performed it was performed in blackface oh why would you even need blackface to sing this song doesn't even have all you're doing is ringing the bell what's (laughs) happening here jingle bells don't even have a racial jingle bell jingle bell jingle bell rock no you think it's jingle bell rock that's that's... oh wrong song yeah my bad see i i know the remix (laughs) 
uh, to trace the origins of Jingle Bells, she had no idea she discovered the song's racist origins. And it's like everything else in our country. When you go back and you research, everything is racist. Right? Like, literally, like, but literally. But Tana Coast crazy. You don't want to have hope. If you go back, and I, you know, and I know you had record about the pap smear, about the uh, utensil they used for that. I didn't realize that went all the way back to the torturing of women for slavery. Who would have fucking known that? It's the same equipment I've been using all my, you know what I mean, most of my life. So it's one of those things where you be like, oh, damn, that this too? Like, I can't tell my kids. Like, now black people got to be like, well, no more singing Jingle Bells. Ain't that sad? Come on, not unless you don't put, put you in blackface, baby. Yeah. Dashing through the snow on a one horse open sleigh. Mm-hmm. And they were singing that because it was a, a white man out here on a one horse open sleigh shoot niggas, and that's how they got the note. We can't be singing that either. Why would you need blackface for this? For what reasons? Over the fields we go, laughing all the way. Ha ha ha. Shooting them niggers. Bells on bobtails ring, making spirits bright. Come on. What fun it is to ride and sing a sleigh song tonight nothing about that has anything to do with race Mm-mm. you know you know to spice this number up put on some blackface put on some blackface because you know they was doing a voice too a dashing through the snow <laughs> in the one whole open sleigh yes! over the fields we go laughing all the way <laughs> like nigga why would you ruin this <laughs> didn't even hire black people i can never Come unhear on. this now you don't mean hire you mean force them to sing the song right didn't even right that's true that's it wouldn't have been hired by you like over here nigga sing this song we can't read well mimic me god damn it that's disgusting right this is white men blackening up the burnt corks on their faces it would have been racist she said to the boston herald this performance tradition is a historical fact that continued in the u.s until the 1930s as an amateur entertainment However, Hamill denies Jingle Bells itself being racist and doesn't discourage people from singing it. I'm done. Y'all won. Just take it. Can't have nothing in this motherfucking country. Oh, I'm never gonna look at Jingle Bells the same. I know. Oh, God. We can't have nothing. Everything is racist and all the food is killing you. We in trouble, y'all. I know. Mm-mm-mm. All the songs, all the Christmas songs fucked up. Now, now I'm gonna think they all racist. All of them. Rudolph the nigger hating reindeer. Right. Rudolph <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. with your cross so bright. Yes. Won't you burn these niggers tonight? Come on. <laughs> I know Frosty the Snowman. Right. I know right oh my god that's sad really really sad Mm-mm-mm. uh <laughs> um anyway what else i was thinking about oh let's do another one of these oh, what about holly jolly christmas i mean mm-hmm. oh, you're ruining all the songs i know we wish you a merry christmas but in blackface though come on you know that one song with the uh uh, what's the name of that song where they have like 
uh on the first day of christmas like all oh. that shit was probably racist <laughs> like it's all, all right, on the first day of christmas my true love gave to me yep shoe polish <laughs> on the second day of christmas my true love gave to me big nigger lips <laughs> yes on the third day of christmas my true love gave to me three rips for that nigger <laughs> <laughs> come on that's gonna be a fucked up song oh my god that's sad seven crosses burning <laughs> i know i know seven toes are missing <laughs> <laughs> oh man um. <laughs> three houses burning jeff sessions who's uh head of the doj uh oh wait 100 for jingle bells <laughs> of course okay uh jeff sessions who's head of the doj is walking away from the best way to reduce police shootings tell them they can do more investigating them and having department of justice oversight which apparently for all the obama never did anything with black people blah 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 shit you never did anything about the police killing people blah blah uh, apparently federal inf- intervention actually proved co- crucial to lowering police shootings count in philadelphia and the departments around the country in recent years so mm, yeah, they, they're gonna go someone back has up. been lying is what i'm saying they, those numbers are gonna go back up shootings have fallen by 20 percent in the largest local department since 2010 uh-huh and actually statistically mm-hmm. most people across this country are safer than they've ever been yeah well sadly actually because you can still get fucked up with these cops but yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean it's, it's good that it's better you know but my thing is that yeah the bar was raised for him in a way that was weird but my point is this is not a better solution is letting trump and jeff sessions handle police shooting people uh, not to mention recent study proved that um police are underreporting and have always been underreporting how many people they shoot so no shit and putting them in the wrong categories yeah they shoot far more people than anyone realized vice news investigation revealed yes um <clears throat> so that's scary as fuck um so anyway 100 to all that mm-hmm. I'm um i think i already did this dude who said he did racist ads but he ain't racist i don't know but he get 100 oh here's one here's a good one we'll end on this a couple was busted for lying to chicago cops about knife point robbery by a black man who looked like fat albert what what's happening here where'd they go who the black people that did this crime a minnesota couple have been charged with lying to chicago police about being robbed at night point by three black men on a visit to the city did they rob themselves according to city paper ryan rearsguard and his girlfriend katie magger close to make america great again uh both 27 told police they've been accosted by three black men after leaving chicago's o'hare airport and menaced at night point by the men before being rotted of her engagement ring their luggage of five thousand dollars cash a louis vuitton bag and an apple laptop and a burberry purse in their detailed description of the sailors assailants magger described one of them as looking like a milk dud or fat albert reeked the marijuana and was short in height and heavy set hey 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 why don't you give me your purse <laughs> hey 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 i want some of that apple <laughs> hey 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 run them jewels bitch <laughs> <laughs> i wonder which the other two black men was we gonna rob these motherfuckers okay oh, the, oh, baby, baby, baby. the rest of the game long gang <laughs> 
they break out the song in front of them what's happening here much mouth was up and robbed them niggas <laughs> and come on with that purse stupid yeah, bitch. What is this Louis Vuitton? Uh, police state. Police state they received a 911 call from a couple around 1:50 a.m. Thursday. It told officers they had gotten lost looking for their hotel when the incident happened. After driving the couple around looking for the location of the attack, the couple's story began to fall apart. <clears throat> adding to the collapse of their story airport surveillance video showed the couple arriving in chicago without luggage confronted with oh <laughs> right right confronted with the discrepancies that he blames the story on his girlfriend admitting that he didn't know her motives and they did it for fun just frame some random black people in a with the chicago police department for fun haha shits and giggles you know you get you guys ever did that call the police and blame a crime on someone random for for fun y'all ever do that because there's no consequence you charge those fuckers charge them with the crime right. they're wasting y'all time like you know they they was probably ready to arrest some black dude they probably already had them in mind right they get ready to go beat up somebody who's mind they own goddamn business you fit the description they was gonna drive down to a junkyard pull up in there and be like hey you niggas are under arrest what we do officer we just been down here playing songs at the junkyard get up against the get up against the wall and don't give me no lip <laughs> shut up nigga i'm tired <laughs> oh. and sleepy i'm sleepy i'll shoot one of you motherfuckers put down them homemade weapons black man i mean black lives matter to bb that's right black lives do matter pow oh no they shot mush mouth i'm dying i'm dying i'm dying i'm dying all right guys that's enough of this uh zero to a hundred karen they races they get a hundred right they should go to jail for that yeah Yes, because you're wasting the police officer's time yeah that's just come on man come on because you thought it was a fucking gang a, a game right that's ridiculous <laughs> oh man i can't i just can't stop thinking of fucking cops killing the fucking fat alligator they're out there partying hey 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 don't have a good time you're gonna have a good time all right with some of these hot bullets <laughs> that's what's good that's how that conversation gonna go <laughs> turn that goddamn nigger music off all right i'm sleeping <laughs> quit be like quit beating them drums out there <laughs> drums we can't afford no drums mister oh man and then after they get killed it's gonna go back to that other part of the show pick the page pick the page let's go go back to taking it back oh man that dude turned out to be a rapist come on uh all right oh thanks bill Cosby, for ruining everything i know all my childhood (laughs) thanks buddy for nothing um all right uh let's see try to see what else we got here you know what let's do a little bit of white people news guys you guys have earned it um 
which of course means I have to play a cover uh, song um, by some white people um, who thought this would be a good idea. Is my screen showing yet? Mm, yes, it is. All right, cool. Mm, I'm already ready to say boo. Already? I hadn't even played the song yet, Karen. Still loading up. Yeah, give it a second. I will see. It's one of my favorite songs. Oh, it's going to. We'll see if it survives. I don't know, but but you know. You know how he feel about women. Mm. All right. in the DMs. Check the numbers, bitch. Check the numbers. Can't believe he did that. Right. <laughs> Maxwell, nigga, you have one thing. You. You sing. Girl, women like you. Why would you doing that? he was in a box mm-hmm he like he was in the place where the dude tortured people at the end of fucking silence of the lamb i, I know, know like a that. big open room i mean like it's it like an abandoned warehouse that like fucking uh joker was set up in oh, i know what all that's <clears throat> all right white people news time guys i know you can still see my screen let me turn it off my back um Oh wait, no, no, you should be able to see this. This say, is fine. Yeah, I'm about to say we like to see the screen. Yeah. Y'all wanna see what these white people look like, what they up to. Right. Angelina Jolie, one of my white patron saints, is up to whiteness. Angelina Jolie inspired Corpse Bride says she faked Instagram photos. This is Photoshop and makeup. Woo! Scandalous. Come on, letting y'all know the truth. <clears throat> mm-hmm. 
a young woman dubbed the corpse bride who reportedly underwent 50 surgeries to resemble angelina jolie has confessed that it was all a prank thanks to elaborate makeup and computer tricks oh wait so oh angelina jolie inspired corpse bride so they didn't say her name <clears throat> but there was a woman going around on social media that looked like mm-hmm. the corpse bride from oh. uh nightmare before christmas and we I'm, i remember we covered that story how she went through all those surgeries Mm-hmm. but apparently it was all fake it was photoshop and make makeup <clears throat> that's trash i can't believe you tricked us like that come on okay sahar tabar was her name um and she just lied to everybody Mm-mm-mm. how dare you we was <clears throat> all rooting for you baby i I mean rooting for you is probably the wrong word but i can't believe you would lie to us like that that's fucked up you lied to us we believed in you that you really had the problems that would make somebody do something like that to their face Hi. but whatever um <clears throat> trying to get a picture to come up now i can see i have something in common with angelina jolie but i amuse myself to look like someone is not my goal oh she took the picture down um she told russian news outlet sputnik as translated from the uk the sun over time i post a photo i make my face more fun and funny she said it's a form of self-expression and kind of art my fans know that this is not my real face oh here's her picture so she did this with makeup and photoshop and then said uh, i did this to look like um angelina jolie ah that's fucked up you like a uh punch for the walking dead <clears throat> right uh her great skills though yeah. for real they look real uh oh wait i need to turn this into trash that's not for the white people news that's for trash alec baldwin go back to the trash and so with you michael rapport how did y'all get in this segment was this before i created the trash segment anyway man, man. a man survived shark infested waters for 28 hours y'all mm-hmm brett archibald experienced every ship passenger's worst nightmare on the surfing trip to indonesia he fell overboard it was night no one saw him going to water he thought he was gonna die instead he managed to stay afloat for more than 28 hours longer than medical experts say is possible <clears throat> in a lone lost overboard in the indian ocean archibald tells the story of that fateful night including his encounters with seagulls the sharks and jellyfish when Ooh, i don't fuck with jellyfish when national geographic caught up with him in new york the south african businessman explained how he survived uh a group of us who had known each other for some time we were five since we were five or six years old started doing this trip when we were in our 40s uh mentawai island is off the coast of sumatra sumatra uh you fly to a tiny little town called padang then jump on a boat on the way we brought three extra large calzone pieces as we cut one open it stank but one of the group a frenchman from maritius whose nickname is banger promptly wolfed half his portion down I uh, took a few bites, but I but it tasted disgusting. I said that thing is poison. It's water buffalo and it's rancid. Oh! <clears throat> Fast forward, we chugged down the river, headed out to sea. I went to my cabin, crashed, woke up at one thirty in the morning, needing the bathroom, jumped into the head, started vomiting. I was sweating and thought I had I have to get some fresh air. I walked out to the back of the boat. There was banger lying on the lower level of the boat, seawater diesel fumes washing around all around him. I said, "Listen, buddy, we got to get to the top." So I helped him up to the top deck then i went to the rail and vomited three times the third time i remember thinking if i vomit again i'm going to black out the next thing i know i was in the water tumbling around holy shit <clears throat> i'd fallen six meters out the boat hit the water 
and been sucked under the boat i felt like i was going to be in a washing machine then my head popped above the surface i saw all the white water around me it was from the boat selling off i was in the middle of the ocean i had no shadow of a doubt that this was going to be a watery grave wow that's yep. why they say if it don't look right and don't smell right don't eat that shit mm-hmm. <clears throat> but uh yep so i almost got bumped by a shark i was preparing to welcome my end went underwater i saw him coming to give a quick peek at me but he found me completely uninterested and swam away later i got stunned by a portuguese man of war that's a jellyfish oh but the worst of these tiny little silverfish that nibbled my skin the backs of my legs were raw from kicking against my trouser shorts the fish got to the raw flesh and started eating i could i couldn't get them away no matter how i kicked the screen and how i splashed in the water it was the most horrendous thing i ever felt in my life Woo! Mm-mm-mm. that is amazing white man come on impossible white man even uh if he had just killed some people i would have to give him impossible white man uh david cassie cut his daughter katie out of his will and left off one hundred and fifty thousand dollars to his 26 year old son Bo. Mm. damn david cassie right uh before he died the 67 year old specified legal documents that all his remaining fortune should be left to his son Bo. katie 31 whose mother was never married to the singer was not to receive any of it the documents were obtained by the blast on wednesday they were written in 2004 and have not been changed it's my specific intent not to provide any benefits here under the Catherine evelyn cassidy and or descendants of Catherine evelyn cassidy it reads instead all cassidy's remaining money $150,000 in assets was given to his 26 year old son Bo, who left any music memorabilia to his half siblings cassidy is never thought to have been a millionaire the highest net worth for him was around five hundred thousand dollars that's crazy because he was like the most sexiest well-known man for a part time of his life Mm -hmm. uh from the uh, partridge family i believe uh that's right i listen to white people podcast uh katie who appears in the series arrow arrow and it also starred in gossip girl had a complicated relationship with her father which involved them being estranged and briefly reunited so his daughter's famous <clears throat> i didn't know that i wonder who she is on arrow who is she on arrow yeah i'm waiting for the pictures to pop up it's moving slow on my screen um yeah he died of organ failure in a hospital in florida last month his family turned off the life support after being told he would need a new liver to survive but would never survive undergoing a transplant his death certificate confirmed he was cremated um i guess this is katie right here yeah they said she's black canary is that is that um laurel black canary yeah i think his daughter is laurel wow i didn't short wow did not know that did not know that she mourned his death on twitter last month revealed their reconciliation words can't express the solace our family received from all the love support during this trying time my father's last words were so much wasted time this was this will be a daily reminder for me to share my gratitude with those i love and never waste another minute uh earlier this year david said the pair had fallen out of touch again i never had a relationship with her i wasn't a father i was her biological father but i didn't raise her she had a completely different life she said he said he was proud of her acting success and described her as being very talented he gushed over bo though he's just one of the best people you ever meet in life is that and is that that i'm proud of katie is best known for her role as juliet in gossip girl hmm this is some white family drama right here man come on um and wouldn't even claim her i wonder how she feels about that right look at all these pictures of him with his baby with his, with his son he love him 
Mm-mm-mm. So, yep, that's sad, man. <clears throat> um, and Patty. I wonder what happened to make him be like, you ain't getting shit. I ain't your daddy. <clears throat> um, she didn't leave him home alone. Oh, shit. Macaulay Calkin and his girlfriend, Brenda Song, have a romantic holiday in Paris. Oh, gay Perry. <laughs> Macaulay Culkin's not home alone with his love while his loved ones are in Paris. Culkin, who played Kevin McAllister in the nineteen ninety mega hit Home Alone, was spotted in the city of light on Monday in a panel on the Instagram stories of his goddaughter Paris Jackson, while his friend girlfriend Brenda Song seemed to be there as well in a snap she shared on the social media site. He gonna make money at Home Alone forever because every time they get into this time of the year, they had that shit on repeat. I'm surprised they keep playing Home Alone. I mean, he's been in other movies but that's what he's most famous for why didn't they be like the good son was out tonight mm-mm, mm-mm. Here the, we go. no no you know him from this one the 37 year old uncle i mean actor who start shot the fame in seven wow he shot the fame in the 90s in films such as home alone series uncle buck and my girl so they could have said that yeah. nuck if you uncle buck i'm gonna call it caulking the other club <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you he looked dapper and sophisticated in the image jackson shared of him clad in dark frame glasses and a navy blue blazer over a collared shirt while resting his chin on resting her chin on his chest um um yeah his chin on his chest there you go that's him right there um in the separate shot song a 29 year old actress who's been seen on shows such as superstore sweet life of zach and cody and sweet life on deck was posed as a Parisian eatery, posed as, oh, Parisian eatery with one of the many, many cities stunning, uh, statues in the backdrop. The lovely Los Angeles native had her luminous brown locks parted on the side and down while keeping warm in a dark coat. Culkin and Song were first spotted together over the summer as they ventured out to dinner in the Los Angeles restaurant Craig's. They exhibited a healthy amount of PDA in September. Oh, as long as it's healthy. At Knott's Berry Farm at Buena Park, California, uh, where they ventured for an Instagram celebrity night. Um, good mm. for these two. 3729, not that bad. Uh, the duo looked like they were having a great time. The couple was like, the couple was with his, uh, Culkin's friend, Seth Green. Seth Green was there? They still friends? And his wife, Claire Grant, with a source saying that everyone looked like they were having a great time. At the event, Song told an outlet about co-starring with Culkin and Green in the dramatic com- comedy Changeland. Oh, well, that's why. Okay. It was a wonderful experience. Uh, she told the show, everyone was great. We had the best time ever. Everyone was lovely. We just go to Thailand and hang out with our best friends for five weeks. Culkin, who has, was formerly married to Bully star Rachel Minor, uh, was also past linked to actress Mila Kunis and Jordan Lane Price. Song was engaged to Miley Cyrus's brother, Trey Cyrus, but the duo parted ways in 2012. Oh. I know, right? All right, let's see what else we got here. Let's do a little bit more. How about what else are white people into? Um, all right, talked about this one. Kelly Ripper reveals that Regis Filming had a strict no talking off camera rule on on live. Their TV show they had together, Regis and Kelly Live. And they did that shit for years. He said she couldn't talk to her, him when they was off camera. The nerve. co-host. The nerve. Now every man's going to try to do this because of Me Too. They're going to try to act like it's women's fault. 
I'm not, I need a contract where women can't even talk to me. Why? Because you can't help but try to grab their pussies? I, listen, don't ask why. It's the only way to save myself. My penis is undefeated. Kelly Ripper. No! Kelly Ripper is opening up about her time working with the former live with Regis and Kelly co-host Regis Philman. And one of her revelations is how Philman had a mandate that the pair didn't talk off screen. In a new interview with the, <laughs> yeah, me and Karen had the same mandate. As soon as the show's over, I'm like, that's enough. You saw the contract, Karen. That's enough. No talking. In a new interview with the New York Times, Ripper discussed how her relationship with the current co-host Ryan this Seacrest. This is not, I didn't sign them papers. Who she texts at night and hangs out with on the weekends is a stark contrast to her previous partnership with Philbin, who left ABC Morning Show in 2011. But we'll see how that works out. Wouldn't it be funny yeah. if Regis Philbin, uh, while being a curmudgeon, never been accused of, uh, any sexual things yet, and Ryan Seacrest has, uh, so I wonder what, readers will be like well yeah i'm mean but at least i ain't i have trying to fuck people and shit i wanted to and you know he didn't do it that that uh what was it regis and kathy lee mm. it was them two for like forever yeah she probably could talk to him regis had a mandate absolutely no talking off uh camera he had an almost superstition about it you save it for the show i'll be like good morning he say save it for the air it's a different story with seacrest uh who became her co-host after michael strahan uh after searching for a year for replacing abc hired seacrest who continues to struggle to, to juggle his radio show red carpet gigs upcoming return to american idol as well as sharing how she socializes with seacrest away from the cameras ripper praised him as the future of the franchise as well as the future abc that that nigga is the future of the franchise for everybody because if, if it's a job opening he's like i got it well you need how does he rest I don't know. That nigga be everywhere. Him and Chris Hardwick having a competition. Right? Who can work the hardest? Yeah, I tried to get a job delivering pieces one day and Regis Field, I mean, and uh, Ryan Seacrest showed up, took come, the spot. Come on. Said, I'll do it. i do it for free. I'm rich. I just need to work. Right. Uh, But yeah, if he, uh, he won't be the future of the franchise. He gets caught up in some of these uh, sexual assault things that are coming out. People oh. are saying he had mm-hmm. some sketchy behavior, so we'll see. Um i don't know let's uh let's go to sore ratchetness and get out of here how long has this show been oh yeah we can go to sore ratchet it's been two hours um all right guys it's time to start wrapping up sorry uh where's my sore ratchetness sound effect there we go A man denies having a samurai sword outside popular Torquay fish and chip shop. A man's denied carrying a samurai sword in a public place on Torquay. Uh, I don't know if that's an island or something. Mm-hmm. Torquay. Um, I used to date a girl named Torquay. Let me tell you something. I don't believe you. Best neoliberal pussy I've ever had. Oh. <laughs> uh, Lee. <laughs> Lee. Lee. <laughs> Lee Johnson, 42, pleaded not guilty to having the sword of Princess Street. That's not like a cuss word now. You neoliberal. Yeah, neoliberal. Neoliberal, I'm sorry. Mm Mm-hmm. That's what I think Cornell West say that during sex. Girl, who neoliberal pussy is this? Duh! I'm going to privatize this pussy tonight, girl. Not privatize it. Dear sister. 
uh lee johnson 42 pleaded not guilty to having a sword in princess street in the babacomb area of town when he entered the exeter crown court on friday princess street is home to award-winning fish and chip shop hamburgers johnson on Lemington road court torquay will stay in trial april 26 next year uh that's a short one let me find a better one that was too short a japanese man jesus christ a japanese man kills his wife and priestess sister with a sword in a bizarre family feud oh what is we feud over this shit could be a movie a japanese man wielding a sword killed his sister a shinto priestess on the grounds of a tokyo shrine then stabbed his wife to death before committing suicide holy shit police declined to comment on the motive for the thursday killings of the family feud shiganaga tomiyaka 56 attacked nagako tomiyaka 58 chief priestess of tomiyaka hachimangu shrine as she got out of the car media report said she was his sister uh his 49 year old wife mariko stabbed and wounded the driver of the car with a sword before she too was killed oh they both had that damn they went out together shiganaga sent a threatening letter to her sister in 2006 saying he would send her to jail shinto is a traditional religion of japan and many shrines dot the country tomiyaka hachimangu's shrine established in 1627 was a close link with sumo and the emperor and empress visited in 2012 damn and then he killed oh, wow that's that's just that's like a episode yeah, of bleach like i say yeah, yeah you, you you bring the swords out it's no longer a feud yeah nobody wins when the family feuds all right guys we'll be back tomorrow um probably recap walking dead i mean i guess we got till february to do it but probably recap walking dead tomorrow um and if not we'll just do a regular ass episode guys um thank y'all for coming out um and uh we'll talk to y'all later until then i love you i love you too Mwah. Mwah.